Hello, my name is Tracy Cook and this is a podcast series, Victim to Victory. This series gives a voice to those who have overcome challenges in all forms that dare greatly to tell their real stories. These amazing humans like Emily that I've got with us today have seen hope and risen above those adversities to become victorious, but go on to support and inspire others to do the same with their stories. And today we're welcoming and giving a voice to Emily Drost. So thank you very much for joining us. And where are you joining us from, Emily? Thank you for having me. I am in sunny Denver, Colorado, United States. Wow, okay, so me being in Perth, WA, there's a bit of a time difference and it's so great to connect and it's so great to have an international platform for the Victim to Victory podcast series as well. So for that, I really thank you. Now, I know that I've read your story and it is very powerful and there is a huge message behind that. And could you please take us through who is Emily and where does your story kind of start and what is your journey? Sure. So, um, gosh, what, who is Emily? That is a really challenging question for me because I don't even know that I've figured that out either. You know, we were chatting a little bit before this about failing forward. And, um, honestly, I think I, I truly believe that there is no such thing as failing forward. It's just putting one foot in step of the other or in front of the other. And it really truly doesn't matter where you land. You just have to keep going. And that's one of the things that I have always um, really focused on for myself. I tend to be a quick decision maker. Um, I take in all the information around me. I'm able to make decisions quickly and I move forward. And oftentimes, not oftentimes, but sometimes it's not the right decision that I'm making, but it's a decision and it's kept me going. And I always learn from that. And that's the most important piece for me is just always learning and growing and taking in all of the information around me and making those decisions so that I can continue to step forward. Fantastic. And I think a lot of women and a lot of mothers actually do that, don't they? It's just one step in front of another and just attempt to solve each challenge as it actually comes along and you're you're a mom you're a mom I am I am yes so um I am a mom I have two beautiful daughters uh, I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old um and my five-year-old is Miss Personality and I love everything about both of my girls but I just love her personality she's also got this fierce independent streak that might just take me down one of these days. Um, and my second is a little bit of a rebel. She's the one that uh, just always likes to challenge everything, say why, um, and uh, doesn't do a great job of following the rules. And that might be what kills me with that one because she is just <laughs> my, she's my tough nut who just likes to keep me on my toes. That is for sure. Oh, wow. And they, they are absolutely beautiful. I've seen pictures of them. They are so gorgeous. You're so blessed, you and your husband and your family. Um, yeah. Very, very blessed. So take us through the journey that Emily has been on. 
Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't, um, it wasn't easy to get to where we are. And, uh, you know, I oftentimes say it wasn't easy to get to my two little girls and our picture perfect little family um, as it currently exists. Um, about six years ago now, well, six, six and a half, maybe, um, we went through a late term loss, which was really, um, devastating for me. Um, it really did truly change me in a way that, um, I had never experienced before. It was such a profound moment in my life. Um, it, it changed the trajectory of my life. And, you know, ultimately I had had a sort of a picturesque life up until that point. Um, my husband and I are high school sweethearts. We got married right out of college um, and we had been together. I had um, created a wonderful career for myself in branding and advertising. And I did that for about five years before we decided, okay, it's time for us to start trying to have children. And when the time came that this was something that we wanted to do, we were fortunate enough that it was relatively easy for us to get pregnant. Um, and we got pregnant the first time. Um, our families celebrated with us. Our, we po you know do the big post on social media to let all of our family and friends know. Um, we had a wonderful, they always tell you wait till the first trimester. We got through that first trimester. We, sh we share this exciting news with the world. Um, and I went in for what should have been just a routine quick exam. And it turns out that we had lost our first child. And when this happens, when this happened, I remembered the moment um, so specifically because my first instinct, of course, I didn't even call my husband when it happened because the nurse did that for me. Um, they called my husband to come pick me up. They said that they were going to, um, they, they needed to come get me from the doctor's office because we had to make some decisions and he needed to be there for that. And so they actually called him. And my first thought when I'm sitting there and all of this is happening to me and everything is, everyone is moving all around me. I'm very quiet, very still. And I call my boss at the time. And I say, I'm not going to be able to make it into work today. I had a presentation that I was supposed to give the next day. And I said, the presentation is on my desktop or on my laptop, but I don't have a way to get it to you. Like I'm literally sitting there and this is happening. And all I can think about is I need to be able to make sure my clients are taken care of and make sure that my work is taken care of. And I wasn't at all thinking about, I need to take care of myself. Um, we had to make all of these tough, these very tough decisions very, very quickly, literally within an hour of finding out about this, my husband arrives, we're sitting there with the nurses, with the doctors making these decisions. And as I'm leaving, I had this moment where I just sat there and I said, my world just stopped, but I'm looking around me and it, life is still going on. Like it was just such a profound moment for me that um, very much impacted me and has completely changed the way that I look at things moving forward. Um, to be sitting there and to say, life literally goes on. Life goes on. I'm sitting here and dealing with one of what arguably could be one of the most tragic things that 
could happen to me in my lifetime. It certainly was up until that point. And I felt like my world just stopped, but everybody else is moving. Everybody else is, they're, they're living their lives. Um, so from that moment on, you know, I took some time. I, um, I, I felt like the best choice for me moving forward was to get back into work and try and work through this. It probably wasn't, again, the best choice. I make these quick decisions and that probably wasn't the best choice. I probably should have taken some time off of work, allowed myself to heal. I went through some of the hardest, um, some of the hardest emotions I think that most human beings can feel, um, going through this and get through all of the procedures that I need to go through, um, get through the birth of my first child. Um, and and Emily, do you think you're a little bit in denial and kind of and just kind of going, okay, that happened. I'm a little bit in denial. I think that's fair. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I didn't really know how to process it, right? Because there's no manual. No one gives you a manual and says, when this happens to you in your life, this is what you do. Boom, boom, boom. You have to make these decisions and you have to decide how you're going to go forward, how you're going to let them impact you. And my grand idea was I'm just going to, um, I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to do, but I never processed really what it came down to was I never processed what it, what it was that I was going through. Um, I remember uh, the time very vividly shortly after it was Chris, the Christmas season. This was the week before Thanksgiving that this happened. Um, and that Christmas, my brother was actually getting married. And so I had to go. The big plan was we were going to go do his wedding. And then at Christmas, I was going to have the gender reveal for the first grandchild in the family. And we didn't get to do that. And I just remember um, just sort of that level of disappointment, but always feeling like I had to have a brave face, always feeling like I had, like I couldn't show that. Um, so there was expectations that you thought you had to keep up for family and um, the public and friends uh, that were expecting you to um, basically have a presentation for them, be Emily without uh, really addressing the, the part that you hadn't properly healed from yet. Yeah, and I, I very much felt like, felt like a... Um like an actor, I guess, or like a shell of myself um, during this time. And um, when we found out a couple of months after when it was safe, the doctor had said, you know, it's safe for you guys to try again. When we found out that we were pregnant again, um, that pregnancy with, which resulted in my, my beautiful, my oldest daughter, she's beautiful. She's wonderful. She's so smart. She's absolutely perfect in everything that we needed. Um, but I think one of the hardest parts was there was no longer this celebration about it. And that's the part that makes me most sad. I think about the entire, um, everything that we had been through was just that there wasn't, there didn't get to be a celebration about it. Um, and. And you can see now, you, you still think about that. You can see from your facial expression, you still think about that, don't you? Yeah. The celebration part. I do because it makes me sad because you know, I wish that I would have enjoyed, 
enjoyed it a little bit more, but I, I, you know, I was so fearful. And, you know, I remember one, at one point, a doctor, a doctor, a nurse in my doctor's office says to me, Oh, but you're past the first trimester. Now you're okay. And I just wanted to scream bloody murder. Like, please don't ever say that again to any woman because you have my child but you clearly didn't look at them because had you looked at them, you would have known that that is the absolute not worst thing that you could be saying to me. Um, so yeah, you, you lose that innocence and you lose that, um, that ability to be excited about it is what it came down to for me. And I think ultimately though, I reflect back often on that feeling of, Quite literally, I was sitting in my car. This was shortly after, this was on our way home from finding out that we had lost our first baby. Sitting in my car, I'm looking at my phone and I had Twitter up or something like that. And that was the moment for me when I realized life goes on. It keeps moving forward. And it's become, that has become the defining moment for me over the past, you know, five, six years of my life because I just always remind myself that no matter what I'm going through, life is going to go on. And I, I have to figure out how to work through it. That's, because that's so powerful because so many people, they get stuck in that tragedy. And yeah. I can totally understand that. And to realize that no matter how bad something is, life does go on. And it may be in smaller steps or it may be with a different perspective or it may be with a new outlook or it may be a life-defining moment or it might change your direction or, or get you to course correct. But life does go on. It does. And... It doesn't matter if you make the right decision or the wrong decision at that point in time. You just, what matters is taking the, the step, no matter how small, to keep moving forward and to keep yourself moving forward. And that for me, you know, looking back on it now, here I am six years later, I have, I can, I can see, identify every moment when I made the wrong choice, but I made choices. And I made decisions and I did, I took those small steps to keep myself moving forward. I should have gone to therapy like the doctor told me right after it happened, but I didn't because of course I'm sitting here. I'm like, I know better. I don't need to do that. I'm fine. Um, I have my own. Right. Women do that. Right. And I, but I should have, I should have, it, it would have been helpful for me. Um, I thought my coping mechanisms were the right ones. I think the other big thing that um, I took away from, from, from that defining moment in my life was that I didn't, I can't continue living my life for the people around me. I have to do what makes, what makes me the happiest and makes me feel the best. And, um, of course, you know, there are limits to that, right? Like I'm not a, I'm not a selfish person. I care so deeply about other people, but you know what makes me really happy is helping other women 
run their businesses or be successful. Really what makes me so happy is having a, helping other women find balance in their lives. And it took me going through that to realize I didn't want to be serving these big, huge corporate Goliath clients anymore in the capacity that I was doing. I wanted to take a step back and be able to focus on, you know, my next door neighbor, the woman down the road, um, the woman right here in my community and say, how can I help you? How can I take my knowledge and my experience and service you to help you succeed? Um, and so that led to another whole series of defining moments for me. Um, I quit my job. I became a stay-at-home mom. Um, I started consulting with, uh, with clients. I went into direct sales because it was something that I was like, you know, look, this looks exciting to me. This looks like fun. This looks like a tremendous opportunity. Let's try it. I've never done anything like it before. Guess what? I was actually really good at it. Um, and it was fun for me. I enjoyed it. And, um, and they you know, did too, you know, on the airplanes, I flew back from the Gold Coast last weekend and on the airplanes when they were doing the demonstration of the mask and I thought we have to take care of ourselves first before we take care of someone else, right? So That's we true. see it as such a selfish act or we've been probably raised in an environment where we're not to put ourselves first, especially sometimes as women. And sometimes I know for me it's a generational thing. And I think that we have to take care of ourselves first. And, like, and you hit the nail on the head when you said because now you know what people are going through so you can give people a hand up. That's yeah. Great. It's so important. And, you know, I, I think one of the things that a lot of times when I'm just chatting with whether my girlfriends or my clients, whomever it is, you know, I tell them like, what's, if they're feeling struggling with making a decision or making the, the next right choice for them, just take a small step. And it doesn't matter if it's the right decision five years from now, it's the right decision right here, right now. And what feels like the right decision? What feels good? Um, because I do think that we as women, we have a stronger intuition than our male counterparts. Um, and you can, you can depend on that. And it's okay to do something because it feels like the right thing to do. And it's okay to do something because it makes you happy. It's okay. It's okay. And I feel like we don't, we don't hear that enough, but it's okay to do something because it makes you happy. For me, that was the workout that I did a little, little bit Well, my, I put my kids, my five-year-old and my two-year-old in front of the iPad because, you know, I'm that mom, but I took my 30 minutes to get my workout in because it makes me happy because it makes me feel good. And it makes me a better mom to them. It allows me to move forward feeling in a good mood, having that endorphin rush and just with a smile on my face and it keeps me balanced and it keeps me centered. So I do it. And you know, I'm all for the iPad for the, for the grandkids around here as well. It is the most fantastic babysitter ever. And it does, it frees up your time. They're getting their fix of technology. You're getting stuff done or some time out that is, is much needed, especially if it's a a hectic day with little ones in the house. I am all for that. You gotta <laughs> do it. And that's what grandmas are for. <laughs> they've got in order to move forward. And your your big message of just 
It doesn't matter if it's the right decision or not, just taking those little steps. You may look back in 10 years ago, oh, that was a terrible move. But you know what? (laughs) Who cares? At least you made a move, right? At least you've done something about it. And that is with your mindset at that present time. And I, I really love, I really love that message. And you've found kind of a direction forward and possibly, if I might say, a realignment in your life going through that loss of your, your baby. Um, because there is, even in the, the, the most horrible of, of, of tragedies, there's always a lesson to be learned. There's always a message to hear. And if that leads us to something greater, then we have to be grateful for that experience because that was the lesson that we needed to learn. And um, sometimes it's a horrible way of learning our lessons, but we're sent it for a reason. Mm -hmm. And to share those messages of hope and, and triumph out of things that have gone wrong in our lives or things that have stopped us in our tracks, then we obviously needed to hear those. And Emily, what kind of message would you like to to leave um, everybody today? Take the next step. Just whatever it is, whatever you're going through, make the, the, the decision to take one small step. And it doesn't matter if it's, the right one 10 years from now or the wrong one 10 years from now, just make the decision and move forward. That's going to get you to where you need to go. That is absolutely fantastic. Emily, I've really appreciated your time. I know that the Victim to Victory series have really appreciated you sharing your story, sharing your vision of hope. And thank you very, very much for being brave and daring greatly and letting your voice roar. And we'll be able to uh, hear this on Spotify in the next few days. And I truly appreciate you. You are fantastic. You're a powerful businesswoman, a super mom, and has got the best hair that I have ever seen in my life. She is gorgeous, everybody. (laughs) Thank you. I really appreciate you. Stay tuned. And we've got more guests on the Victim to Victory podcast series, Let Your Voice Roar. Thank you.